giving. Thank you for your patience and thank you for your faithfulness. I wish I could sing a song while you are giving so you can give more but then I think my voice is good enough to talk. Do you allow me to talk music? Maybe I can. Good. My name is Kilton Moyo. If you are here for the first time, simply call me Brother KK. I love it that way. We welcome you if you are at King City Church for the first time. Don't feel at home, but be at home. We love Jesus. We love the Lord. We don't kill people here. We will minister love to you. We will give you more grace because that's why we are here. The Bible says love one another. That's the commandment we do. We have, you know, we live under one commandment as the church of Jesus Christ, that of love. The kingdom of God is about love and nothing else. Everything we do is about love. Even our faith works by love. So we love you wherever you are, we love you. If you are sitting next to a newcomer, just say we love you. That's what we do. Maybe just two announcements. Live groups resume again this week, Wednesday and Thursday. I believe you remember where you attend live groups. So let's keep the attendance and let's keep the learning of the word there at life groups. And also this week we are starting on our Bible study, the Bible reading. We are reading Exodus and uh, Mark. Wow. One beautiful book, the book of Exodus. Maybe if you read there you will understand a lot of other things. And combining it with Mark, who gives a very brief and precise detail of the Lord Jesus Christ's ministry here on earth. I pray that when you read through Exodus, you will see Jesus in that gospel, in that book. So you can understand him very well in the book of Mark, because he is in Exodus. And the Exodus is all about Jesus. So let's commit ourselves to reading the Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, in times such as this, there is only one thing that will take you through. It is called the Word of God. So when you read through the Word of God, you are assured of victory because it never returns to God void. It accomplishes its mission and its purpose. Remember, the Word of God has a purpose in your life and is on a mission to do something in your life. And it does not return to God void. It accomplishes its mission. So get to the word, enjoy the word, and it is done. Hallelujah. You know, when I'm teaching here, I love people who teach with me, who keep saying amen. Even if you don't understand what I'm saying, just say amen. For the sake of the preacher, is good to, to collaborate. Eh? So let's do this as a team this morning. I said, let's do this as a team this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm a public speaker myself, so I love crowds that are lively when I'm talking to them. So come along with me. I, I was asking myself why we needed to talk about the topic I am about to talk about this morning at a time such as this because it sounded very irrelevant. I thought I was going to come here and uh, begin to tell you what will happen <coughs> two weeks from now, maybe two months from now, in terms of what's happening in Zimbabwe. Uh, I thought verse would say, just go up there and uh, be prophetic and, uh, you know, maybe inspire and motivate people. But then the request was to talk about something different. Can you put my topic up there? It was to talk about something different. In this series, 
that we are talking about love, learn, and uh, live. You know, there are only three huge needs for humanity in this life. It is to love, to learn, and to live. In actual fact, it is to learn how to love so that we can live. Because ladies and gentlemen, we live by love. And people need to be taught how to love. The Bible says love one another. How? The Bible says live in peace with all men. The question is always how? So it's important that we gather like this as fellow believers and teach each other how to do this and to understand those things that normally afflict our lives from the perspective of the word of God. So this morning I'm talking about the word and our sexuality. Sure. At least I love the word, I mean the word sexuality. It's not necessarily sex. I guess you understand that those are two different words. Sexuality and uh, sex. But there is no way you can talk sexuality without talking the other word. Because you are quiet, I think you are afraid of it. So I'm also just saying the other word. <laughs> so we, we, we want to discover our sexuality in the word of God. You know, we are in the world that says a lot of things about our sexuality. That in actual effect rubbishes our sexuality. I am not sure what you heard first. Maybe when you are growing up, what they said to you about your sexuality. What they said to you about being female, what they said to you about being male. I am not sure what your culture, your traditions taught you or spoke to you about your maleness or your femaleness. But I remember from my own point of view that I heard a lot of negative things about femaleness. I heard a lot of negative things about maleness which I was made to believe. And maybe they influenced my thinking and they influenced the way I related to the women or to other men. And maybe that took me away from the way of the Lord into the way of the world. I think even in times such as these, ladies and gentlemen, it is important that we understand the importance of maleness and femaleness. I want to start by saying maleness and femaleness are a precious gift from God. Is there anyone here who chose to be male or to be female? None, I believe. God gave you. Hello. God prescribed it. You cannot choose it. Neither can you change it. Nor sell it. It's your gift. And it's something that you need to be proud of. Something that you need to be excited about. That you are male and that you are female. Genesis 1.27 The Bible says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So our maleness and our femaleness was created, ladies and gentlemen, by none other than our God. I thought you were going to say amen to that. Because I know where I want to take you to. So come along with me. There is nothing wrong about being male and female. So male and female are created to complement each other and to reflect God's image through their special community. I need to say a few things here this morning that 
Let's make men in our own image. I think I've said this before. That the men God created is male and female. That's one man who is male and female. And if you allow me to abuse my authority this morning, I will ask my brother Carl and Shailene to stand up and I will make a demonstration. Just one. face the crowd. I am saying let's make men in our image. In our own image and our likeness. And this is the man that God created. Male and female. This is one man. Male and female. Because this man reflects the image of God. Ladies and gentlemen, God is community. God is family. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is God. And the man that God created in his image of community is male and female. And so his maleness is to complement her femaleness. And her femaleness is to complement his maleness. There is nothing opposite here. Thank you. You can take your seat. I think you have heard the world say there is what they call opposite sex. Hello? Have you heard that? That male and female are opposite. Everything that is opposite to anything, it means it is in opposition. Instead of complimenting, they are competing. You see, the world has used a wrong word to continue to bring division between the men God created. And I want to put it to you this morning that there is nothing opposite between male and female, but there is everything complementary. I'm not sure if you got me. Male and female are not opposite to each other. They are complementary. The male cannot exist on his own without his female partner or side. Because the man that God created is male and female. And remember, this is the man that the enemy came in Genesis chapter 3 and divided. And instead of complimenting each other, they began to point fingers at each other and accused and blamed each other. They were no longer one. They began to see that they were different and yet they were not different. What makes the difference is the sin in nature that went into us. But according to the right narrative of God in the creation, it is one complementary. Am I saying something to somebody? I think we need to understand this because the world confuses you and me based on our maleness and on our femaleness. Because the world will use obviously misinterpret scripture to support its philosophies and thoughts. And if we are not careful also as the church, we are still led by what culture taught us concerning male and female. And we continue to rubbish each other. We continue to fight each other. We continue not to see value in each other because we are influenced by what we heard. But this morning I need us to understand that male and female he created for complementarity and not anything else. Hallelujah. You heard me this morning. How we express our maleness and femaleness should honor and glorify God. You see, according to where we come from, according to our backgrounds, according to our cultures and all that kind of stuff, there has been a lot of don'ts and do's on how you should express your being female. 
on how you should express your being me. In my culture, I don't know about you, but I belong to Africa. In the African context, black, white, Indian, colored, or what have you, man is manjo. Man is a bully. You express your maleness by being a bully. Eh? Yeah? Men must not cry. They must not have emotions. They must not show emotions because that is weakness. According to people. But the man in God cries. That's the best way of expressing maleness is humility, is to control your emotions, is to cry when you are supposed to cry. You know, they have taught you that to be male is to run all over any kind of a woman that you meet that's being men. In my culture, they taught us that. And a man, a real man, has several women. Yeah? And they've said, you, as a female, you don't question what a man says or does. A female, you are still a child. In my culture, a woman is still umtuana. Have you seen tuana? They must remain perpetual children. In my culture, a woman must not speak among men. Yeah? Because she is a woman. Woman has a way of sitting. Has a way of walking. Has a way of laughing. Don't laugh loudly. Otherwise, you are termed a prostitute. You see, you express your femaleness in a very timid and a limited way, which does not allow you to become who God wants you to be. And yet, your femaleness is to serve God and not anyone else. And if you allow the world, therefore, to limit how you express your femaleness, you fail to become the woman God wants you to become. Because remember, you can only serve God in the fullness of who you are. We can only serve God in the fullness of the man that we must be. According to God. Not according to our backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, even in times such as this, you go out here to the streets and everywhere else. The issue of maleness and femaleness counts. Even in, in queues, yeah? Yeah? Being a woman still counts, eh? Being a man counts. Yes, you might keep quiet, but that is the truth. I thought you'd say amen if it is true. Yeah, in the workplace, it counts. Everywhere, it counts. Because the world has this mindset in them that a woman cannot jump a queue. A woman... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A woman cannot do A, B, C, D, isn't it? Yes. When they do it, what manner of a woman is this? Has no manners. Therefore, it must be shouted at or beaten or disciplined. Do you see that? But a man can just be mancho and jump the queue and say, shut up. Because he's a man, he's expressing his maleness. I think that is a wrong expression of a gift from God. Maleness, according to God, is not being a bully or being somehow demonic and, and you know, threatening others and all that kind of stuff. Maleness is about loving and serving. Maleness is about expressing the father heart of God and nothing else. While femaleness is about expressing the mother heart of God. How many people know that God is father and mother? And that is expressed in this man, male and female. It's amazing, therefore, how we have corrupted these things. 
for us, for our cultures, for our traditions, and all that, and we are failing to honor God with who we are. My prayer this morning is that we will honor God with the expression of our sexuality. If you are sitting next to your male you or your female you, just say, I love you. In the creation of God, men and women are one, equal, the same, and they are all blessed and indeed outstandingly beautiful. There is no way in the Bible where God blessed the male men and did not bless the female men. Right from the beginning in Genesis 1 verse 28, he blessed them. Male and female. Same blessing, equal blessing, equal authority, equal dominion, equal power, equal everything. Because it is one man. The assignment is the same. All these other gender things that we talk about, they are not Bible, they are not scriptural, they are not God. They are a creation of a human culture. And I will always say this and I will say it again and again, that ladies and gentlemen, human culture is a way of living that man crafted unto himself without God. After Genesis chapter 3. Men began a journey by himself outside the presence of God. And they came up with ways of living, which we call human culture. That's why it is called human culture. It's a culture by people for themselves. It's a way of living. And it came up with a lot of things. Because they say it, the woman was cursed. Read properly Genesis 3, the woman was not cursed. Neither was the man cursed. The only three, two things that were cursed in that scripture, the devil and the ground. Hallelujah. I guess you're getting something this morning. I've said that even at the fall in Genesis 3, the beauty of our maleness and femaleness was not lost. No. Men still remained men. And woman, woman, beautiful. Yeah? Nothing got lost. The beauty is lost in our minds because we think very carnal about these things and we don't understand them. In the world, when men look at a woman, they are thinking abuse because a woman has become an object of abuse in the world. Yeah? Has become a toy, is an entertainment tool. They are educated for that, they are taught to be abused. And they, they believe it. They accept it. And they say, I'm a woman. I'm just a woman. I'm powerless. God did not create a powerless woman. He created a powerful woman. Has been made powerless by human cultures and religion. But Jesus came to give power to women. How many of us remember that throughout the three Gospels, Throughout the three years of Jesus' ministry, he is giving back dignity to women. If you want to talk of a man who emancipates women, there is none other than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the man who came and gave women their dignity back, their power back. But you see what? Religion keeps saying to you, no, you're a woman. No, you're female. Then they come up with feminism and all other kind of stuff. And men are in that corner defending their position. We cannot let go. Woman must be subject to men. Whatever that means. We have no time for it this morning. But I need us to understand that we are equal, we are one, and we are joined as together with Christ Jesus. We are all sons of God, male and female. Yeah? That's the beauty of it. Hallelujah. Why are you quiet? Hmm? 
I've said even at the fall in Genesis 3, the beauty of our maleness and femaleness did not change. What changed was our perception of it due to the sin poison that had entered the human heart. Sin then corrupted this community and corrupted the most beautiful gift to it, sex. The most beautiful gift to the expression of our sexuality is sex. Hello. The ultimate expression of our sexuality is the expression of intimacy through sex. And let me say this. Sex is only for human beings. Male and female. Animals don't do sex. They mate. You heard me. That's why men and female, they look into each other's eyes when they do sex. Because it serves a different purpose from animals who don't look at each other. I'm not going to explain that one today. I'll come someday. But let <laughs> Let me just share with you this beautiful gift called sex. Because you need to understand that in Genesis chapter 3, when men fell, everything about him fell also. His understanding of himself fell. You need to understand this, that in Genesis 3, what was corrupted by the enemy is this one thing called relationships. Men's relationship with God was poisoned. It was lost. Men's relationship with himself was lost. Men's relationship with the environment was lost. That's why you see a lot of destruction in the environment by men. Because men lost one essential, one important thing, relationships. Ladies and gentlemen, human life in all its facets is relational. Without relationships, human life becomes highly poisonous. And that's why the Bible is commanding you and me every day not to miss fellowship. Relating one to another. But in the manner of Christ. When the Bible says Jesus came to seek that which was lost, I believe it was the relationship between God and man. When he the relationship between God and men, the expectation was and is that the relationship between men and the men gets fixed. And the relationship between men and the environment also gets fixed because Jesus came to restore relationships. But because you and me have learned and understood sex from a fallen point of view, wow, God then had to give guidance and regulations. Because after the fall, we tended to do sex anywhere, anyhow, in any manner. And if you read the book of Leviticus, God is dealing with the nation of Israel. And he has given a number of guidelines. We are not going to read through Leviticus 18 for the sake of time, but I'll just show you a few guidelines which the Bible calls laws. 
How many people know and understand that there are about 500 laws in the Old Testament? And uh, that's the reason why probably Israel couldn't manage. <laughs> because <laughs> it's hard to keep a law. And how many times do you break the law here? <laughs> the law of the land. Many times, don't you think so? You must sympathize with Israel. These guys were in trouble. But there were also laws governing their sexual life. Because they were messing themselves up. If you read verses chapter 6, I'm sorry, verse 6 to 19 in the book of Leviticus chapter 18, you will see that all those verses, 6 to 19, they are talking about different forms of incest. Because after the fall, men began to misbehave. They began to allow their sexual maleness or drive to push them beyond the normal. And did things that they were not supposed to do. And then God comes in and says, you will not lie with so-and-so, so-and-so, your sister, your aunt, your mother, your father's wife, and all that kind of stuff. Your daughter-in-law and everything else. Incest is prohibited according to that scripture. And verse number 20 talks about adultery and fornication. Wow, this one is a common one. We will discover it later. Then verse number 22 talks about homosexuality and lesbian. Where the Bible says you are not going to lie with another man as with a woman. Highly prohibited. Then verse number 23 talks about bestiality. The Bible does not say you are not going to lie with an animal. It says you are not going to mate with an animal because you cannot have sex with an animal. Remember what I said. But people commit themselves to sexual activity with animals. I don't know how many times I have seen and read about people who marry animals. Did you see it online, a man who married a dog? Yeah, dressed it up in a white gown and everything else around it, and uh, he is married. How, how do you do that? Have you never heard of people who rap chickens? Who rap donkeys? Goats? Or even snakes? I'll send you the stories. So when God talks about bestiality, he understands that man's soul, man's mindset has been so corrupted that he will be led, not by the Spirit of God, but by their desire. And when your sexual desire leads you, it's leading, it's leading you to destruction. And that's why God is putting a lot of boundaries. Israel, as you walk with me, these are my expectations regarding your sexual behavior and your sexual conduct. Well, of course, Israel did manage or they did not manage. It was a choice. Let's not belabor Leviticus 18. Because obviously people might say to me, KK, God was speaking to Israel. We are very true. He was speaking to Israel, not to Gentiles. But of course, Gentiles were also messing themselves up. But then what does God say to you and me now? As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Concerning our sexuality, what is he saying? Maybe let's discover a few things. What is God saying now to the church of Jesus Christ, to the body of Christ? 
Let's read. I think it's good to read. Turn to your Bible. Don't look at the scripture on the slide. It's giving you a guide. But let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We still have some few minutes. Maybe let's start from verse number 13. It says, food for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Which body? Your body. Your male body, your female body. Is not for sexual immorality, but it is for the Lord. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that the Bible says our bodies are temples of the living God. God in his fullness, in his holiness, in his purity, he abides here. He lives in us. And the Bible goes on and says, and God both raised up. Eh? No, where am I reading? Am I reading the right thing? Yes. Verse 15, let's read it. Do you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. For every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. That is powerful there. Hello, are you still alive and are you still with me? Every other sin that I commit is outside my body. Sex is not outside the body, unless if you are just thinking it. But when you are doing it, you are doing it in the body. Your body. And the Bible says when you are doing it outside the will and the parameters set by God, you are sinning against your own body. You are hurting your own self. And the world lives by this self-head exercise and we say we are enjoying life and we say it is my right you say no 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 no. this is my body I do what I want but come on be clever what you want but don't sin against your own body because there is only one body ladies and gentlemen you need to understand that there is no spare human bodies hello they are not manufactured anyway. You can't just throw this one away. No, this one I've abused. Go away. Give me another one. You mess with this one. That's it. It's finished. Gone. Hello. Gone. Talk to your neighbor and say, gone. Our bodies are members of Christ and cannot be given to hallowed tree. The Bible says, flee, flee, run away from immorality because it hurts you. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Sorry, chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I will end there. I know that these subjects are very hard for many of us. <coughs> First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 3, the Bible says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. How many people love the will of God? How many of us here want to pursue God's will? But hear this this morning. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Hmm? That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Please Anyone who still does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ is referred to as a Gentile. You and me are no longer Gentiles. We are sons of God. 
We are members of the household of God. We are participants in every promise of God. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. There is no gentility anymore. So this scripture is talking to Gentiles, those who are in the world and are not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm? Because they don't know God, they are ravished by their lust and the passion of their lust. That no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. Which matter? This, this sexual matter. Can people defraud you sexually? Yes. Can people take advantage of you sexually? Yes. Can it happen in the church? Yes. Can it be done by spiritually people? Yes. Anointed men and the women of God? Yes. So it means you and me have got to be very careful and be mindful of the will of God to abstain. Ladies and gentlemen, let me lend my plan. Ten minutes to lend it. Abstinence. Let me put it this way. The world cannot abstain. How many people agree with me? In the world, the teaching and the thinking and the mindset is that it is impossible to abstain. To stay away from physical intercourse. The world thinks it's impossible. But that is what God has prescribed as the only perfect, let me use the word, condom. And one number one condom as believers is abstinence. Staying away. One, it is trustworthy. It cannot break. It's 100% safe. It's free. I read an article this week that some people were crying that condoms now are expensive. But hear me. You might not have a US dollar to buy that thing, but you need nothing to buy abstinence. It's given you. And the cup Capacity to abstain is already in you and me because it's a Holy Spirit product. How many people know that the fruit of the Spirit in every believer, the part of it is self-control. Abstinence comes out of self-control. It comes out of how proud you are about who you are in Christ Jesus. It comes out of how much you love Jesus Christ. Would you drag him too? Because you are carrying him in your body. He is here. And when you take this body and throw it to that and that and that, you're doing the same to Jesus, betraying him several times. You're rejecting Christ. So abstinence, let me put it crudely, but politely is the only condom God has given us. You see, God is a good God. You see, the world comes up with a lot of things to fix as solutions to their creations and to their rejection of Christ. But you and me are wiser than the world. Listen. It's not foolishness not to indulge in sex before marriage. No, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. Let me put it this way. Don't worry, I've got my few minutes, seven minutes. It's for the unmarried. All of you who are married, close your ears. This one is for, th it's for them. Do you know why that boy is pursuing you so hotly? 
you know why that man is chasing so much after you? They have said you are beautiful and all that kind of stuff. Good, you are beautiful. You don't need no one telling you that. You are beautiful. It's granted. But there is one thing that keeps a man pursuing a woman. One thing. One thing. The mistake that you make is to give that one thing before it's time. And in most cases, when you give that one thing, they no longer pursue. Their passion weakens. I've already gone there. So what's up? Let me run after other new business prospects. And they leave you hurting. Now it's you pursuing the man. Hi! This! The guy is no longer paying any attention. I always put it this way. The reason why you go for honeymoon after the wedding is to get to the moon. Hello. And uh, that thing becomes the moon of the wedding. You are going for the honey in the moon. But when you have already given the honey in the shadows, come honeymoon, there is no moon in the honey or honey in the moon. This. It's just common stuff. I'm used to this. Hello. <laughs> I am just using figurative speech, but you guys, you're getting what I'm talking about. Can I ask you to be proud of yourselves as young ladies and young men? By the way, both ladies and men are virgins and can be virgins. I had a, a little argument with one young man in my office who says he wants to marry a virgin. Congratulations. That's a good desire. But are you a virgin? And he says, no. Wow. How many have you tried? He says, three. And you want to marry a virgin? You are already used. How on earth does that work, Carl? It doesn't work. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to correct our maleness mindset. The world has said it's only girls who must be virgins. Boys can do whatever they want as long as they marry a virgin. Where will you get a virgin from when you are busy deflowering them in your community? And you sit down and say, I want to marry a virgin. I think there is some foolishness of some sort somewhere. But we just need to correct our perception of things. You want a virgin, stay a virgin. Then virgins will be plenty all over. Then you can get one. But when you are reckless, they won't be there. Even if you kept quiet, you heard me. I thought you would say amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the living God. Are you young people getting what I'm talking about? You are very much blessed because you can have a, a pulpit at your church that desires that we talk to you in this manner. That's the blessing of the Lord. So don't make the mistakes. Be proud of who you are. Stay until the honeymoon. Then you get to the moon. Otherwise, the honeymoon business is just a ritual that serves no purpose. Enjoy your maleness. Don't abuse it. Don't abuse others because you are male. It's not of God. Enjoy your femaleness. There is nothing weak about being female. You are strong. You are unique. You are beautiful. 
exceptionally beautiful, fearfully and wonderfully made. I think that scripture is talking about women more than us men. Fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who you are. Don't listen to the world rubbish you. No! You did nothing wrong. You are not cursed. You are blessed of the Lord. You are children of the Most High God. Walk taller than you were doing. Don't tiptoe. Walk with confidence and dignity. Jesus gave you back your dignity of womanhood. So enjoy it. You are not begging anyone for being a woman. You are not looking for anyone to qualify you. You are qualified. By the grace of the living God. So let's express our sexuality in a manner that glorifies our God. Ladies and gentlemen, God created one man, male and female, so they can complement each other. There is nothing opposite. Enjoy yourselves. God bless you. Throughout the week, throughout the day, don't allow anything to tread over your sexuality. Let's bow heads and pray. Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for your word. That, Father, we can come to a place like this and talk your word, Lord, in the heart issues. But we thank you that your word says your word is medicine unto all flesh. This morning, may your word heal our sexuality. This morning, may your word heal those of us, Lord, who are probably confused by who they are who don't understand who they are. Maybe those, Lord, who are feeling guilty of being male or female. This morning we speak healing and restoration into their thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We speak deliverance, Lord, in that effect. Maybe those, Lord, who have been abused sexually, this morning we speak healing and restoration. Father, we thank you for the gift of sexuality. We thank you for the gift of sex. We thank you, Lord, that from this day on, we will express ourselves in a manner that glorifies your name. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we'll begin to love one another as male and female to the honor and to the glory of our living God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for purifying our mindsets. We reject carnality. We reject the flesh. We reject anything that is of the world. We want to take in us that which is of you the mind of Christ which is in us, and Lord, the leading of the Holy Spirit that is in us, the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus, that it may guide us and lead us, Lord, throughout in a world as crazy as ours. Father, we thank you that we do not belong to this world. We are in it, but we are not of it. And Lord, even as men and women, Lord, we thank you that we uphold ourselves with the highest of standards, the kingdom standards. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless you. I honor you. May God bless you throughout the week. May his joy fill your hearts. Never mind what is happening. Keep your eyes away from the waves. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of your faith. It is well, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says, say to the Russians, it is well. May I say to you this morning, it is well. Don't panic. Don't conform to the patterns of the world. Hold nothing. Go home. Relax. But Jesus Christ, in the garden of Gethsemane, go and pray, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And the will of the Lord will come through in your life. Enjoy coffee. Enjoy fellowship. Enjoy your life throughout the week. Jesus is on the throne and he is coming again very soon. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you.